guys uh, know what song I'm thinking about? No, I don't. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, Vampires of New York by Marcy Playground. Oh, it's I a beautiful, beautiful song. Is that like that. a ripoff of uh, the Werewolves of London? No, it's. I mean, it's a, it's a similar uh, title. Gangs of New York. Vampires New York. Oh God, that does not work. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's this Marcy Playground song. It's like, come see the vampires of New York. Aha! It's a cool song. I love that song. That song's um, not going to be at the end of this episode. Oh, but it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but there's also. You do it. I don't want Drag to Dragula, roll through the ditches and burn through the witches. Hi! The one about the vampire car? Well, <laughs> all the vampire songs till the end of time. Until the sun burns out and uh, vampires rule the day. Hello, ladies, gentlemen. But well, they won't rule the day because there won't be day. Monsters. Monsters, uh, individuals who do not identify mm. on any kind of gender binary. Ghouls we are Kinkcast. This is a podcast. It's about yeah, sex about fetishes about... and and being dirty and how being dirty is not actually dirty. It's and fun. it's a sex positive good time out with your friends. Tommy, I wanted our friend Vincent Price to introduce this episode. I couldn't I can't do that voice well enough. Summon you were doing it great. I was not doing it that great. Do it. I'm not you put me on the yes, spot. Yes, do it. <laughs> What, what, what do you want me to say? Uh, something about boys and ghouls. Welcome and to... Boys and ghouls. Welcome to another installment of the most titillating podcast that will frighten you into your bones. I don't exactly. know. <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is he just me or does he always just sound like he's like out of breath? Yeah. <laughs> like he just ran really hard. <sighs> I just finished my marathon. I love Vincent Price. What do you sound like when somebody tells you to be breathy? <sighs> uh, uh, one. Hi. My name is Grant. Tries. Three times, lady. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, when we get bored at our house, we watch shitty ASMRs because I think they're hilarious. They're genuinely the funniest thing on earth. This dude who does not speak English as a first language, he did an ASMR as the Joker, which is a combination of a shitty Joker impression, which is comedy gold, and a bad ASMR, which is comedy gold. So it's it's comedy platinum. How do you, how, you want how I got these? How I got these scars? I'm gonna tell you. It's a secret. How I got these scars? You gotta lay into the mic, Tom. I uh, I hated it. Pick you up. It gave me it gave me it gave me tingles, but tingles of laughter. Anyways, uh, we are a sex positive sex podcast. Whatever. We're a bunch of friends, and we talk about different sex and sexual lifestyles uh, from a societal psychological point of view. Usually, we're a little bit more serious. And but this month we are spooky cast. We're spooky kink cast this week, and so we're doing uh, the sexual connotations associated with horror because. Uh, unless you've been living under a rock, Halloween and spooky shit is decidedly sexy. Um, if you've been watching horror movies and think there's not sexual subtext there, you uh, don't have much of a brain. I'm sorry. And if you go to Halloween parties and you think, oh, it's a cool opportunity to dress bloody and gross, you're also missing out on something. Also, mm -hmm. if you don't think that this stuff is sexy or sexual and you don't have a brain, as Tommy says, dress as Scarecrow for, uh, for Halloween. Which Scarecrow? The one from Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah. Oh, oh that's cute. see, I immediately Sexy thought Scarecrow. of Scarecrow. Oh, I immediately thought of Scarecrow, like Batman's Scarecrow. Yeah, that's why I was confused. I thought oh, there was no. some sort of DC joke there, and I don't get DC jokes. Can I just say, every time you say spooking cast, I think of the word spunk. Spunky cast. Gross. I'm sorry. It's one of those stupid like. Wait, do you mean spunk as in like jism? Yeah. Semen. Yeah. Spooking cast. Is baby batter. Roll off the tongue. It's like <laughs> oh, a baby batter. Oh, oh my god. No, I'm going to go back to our, our dirty word podcast and add that one to the list of absolutely don't. Or um, do you mean like how a girl can be spunky? That's like not, that's not back how I in the day. It. That's not how I meant it. Anyways. She had a lot of spunk in her step. Just like December is about. <laughs> she had to wipe it off. <laughs> oh my God. Just like December is about good old family values and voting. <laughs> God damn it! Having a whole Christmas theme month of December. No, <laughs> listen to me. God damn it! Just like December 
is about voting Republican and spending money. And November is about football and spending money and voting Republican. October is about fucking sex. That's what this entire holiday is. It just got cold. And human nature has that thing. It's called culling. Isn't mm-hmm. it called culling? Culling like harvesting? But also part of Wait, culling is... is do you a, mean Edward culling? No! God damn it! <laughs> You're getting on my nerves today! Um, but no, culling is that... I believe that is the term for when it first gets cold, when autumn first arrives properly, that's when a lot of folks begin romantic relationships. Cuffing. Cuffing! Cuffing season. Okay, culling is like... Scary. Harvest. Yeah. But that fits right in with Halloween, too. the chaff. Anyways, let me get to my dramatic introduction, which I should have known that word for. Fuck this thing. That's okay. That's what I'm here for. The whole point of October is it's a very, very sexual time of the year. And really, Halloween is a shielded way of celebrating uh, gluttony and sexuality and pleasure. And nothing establishes that more than the goddamn vampire. Mm -hmm. And the vampire is the big old gnarly final boss king of pleasure and sex and Mm -hmm. dark magic. And I don't want to go to church, Mom. I want to play Metal Gear Solid 3 because it's the best Metal Gear Solid. I don't give a shit what you say. Or you're playing D&D and you're playing that one book that's got all the vampire. Yeah, that one. And you're like, yeah, baby, take me to the motherfucking castle. I'm ready to meet that guy. I want to roll six for undressing that vampire. So before we discuss the vampire uh, as, 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 a, as a kinky... For nerds, yes, you are saying out loud, it's a d20. <laughs> what did I say? Roll a d6. Oh, I'm sorry. D20. Which would be a damage dice I, I, in 5th edition. I, Shut the fuck up, nerds. Pathfinder is a D6 system, so it would be rolling a D6. Actually, I do. I think it'd be rolling 3D6 or something, but I don't know. I don't play Pathfinder. Are you done? We're talking about vampires. We're talking about goddamn kings of Halloween vampires, and their fucking skull chairs, and their goblets full of blood, and their sexy black clothes. We have to differentiate a couple of things, but before we do, I want to introduce ourselves. Introductions. Yes. What is our introduction game? (gasps) Best vampire movie. I want to no. talk about which sexy vampire would you climb into a coffin with? You mean Vamp- Vamp- Vampirella? Boobarella? What's her name? Barbarella? No, Barbarella's a space... Elvira. Say, oh, Elvira. She's not a vampire, is she? I thought she's just sexy. Elvira? She's vampiric. Yeah. Anyways, Dana, you go first and also introduce yourself. Say who you are. I'm Dana. And I think I would have to go with... Let's see, I'm looking at my list of pop culture peoples. Um, Angel from Buffy. That's a good choice. That's oh, a one. yeah. Yeah, That's that a one's a good, good one. That's a very good choice. That's a good one. Okay. Except he would uh, lose his soul and then... Or, okay, oh, yeah. No, that's only when I, he has sex with someone who he's truly in love with. All right, then I'll take the he one guy off of fun. True Blood. That one guy. Bill? Skarsgård. Eric? Yeah. Oh, 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 that guy. Yeah, that's, a handsome, that that's a handsome piece of dead that's, flesh. That's that's a whore. It's a very yeah. horny vampire. Yep. Uh, Mine would be Sky from the most homoerotic vampire movie. Uh, what? Oh my god, I can't think of the name of it. I'm blanking. Kiefer Sutherland was in it. Oh, the Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. Sky, so the only female. Who are you? Oh, I'm Chris. Hi, or, Chris. Sorry, I'm Michael. Why? Because he's the character who was trying to fuck Sky. Oh, okay. Who became a vampire because of her? Um, do you like Do you like those worms, Michael? So it's from the movie. One time, I looked up a list of the ten worst episodes of all time. I'm Tommy, by the way. The ten worst episodes of the X Files. Answering his mm-hmm. own question. Yes, the ten worst episodes of the X Files, and it included episodes between seasons one and five. And uh, I, I don't know if there's any other X Files out there with spell the ph, but uh, the X Files is all good. There's not a single bad episode in the first five years, and then that show turns to fucking trash. And worse then it gets than really good in, again on season eleven. You are a fucking blasphemer. But anyways, there is an episode about vampires in the X-Files. There's two, actually. Bad. Ooh. I like the, that episode. It's the first episode where Scully's gone. Yes. I And people hate that episode of the X-Files. I think it's kind of fucking cool. Uh, Scully's been kidnapped by a fucking alien. Well, because they just make Mulder just a horny dog for one it's episode. It's kind of a cool episode. He's Mulder, experienced loss. Mulder's wandering around Everybody. and he misses Scully and he's like, then California's burning down and then he falls in love with this really hot vampire chick. I, I It's uh, that well, vampire. 
Scalding, I'm so hard. That's not. <laughs> he barely moves his lips when he acts. Too monotone. More monotone. Wait, more monotone than that? It's a vampire, Scal- Scully. Scully, our son. Based off of our son, Scholar. 18th century wood carvings from Transylvania. Our son. But Mulder. Our son's vampires are just my brother. Bella Lugosi. Okay, so you were getting to. That's it. Oh. That's the episode okay. of the X Files about a sexy vampire and California burns down. So your and favorite it's... vampire is an episode of the X Files. Sure. Yeah. All right. That or vamp. From Vampire Assassin. Oh, I Vamp was just what you do when we don't talk to you. That's pretty good. I don't have any other vampires. <laughs> I, you know, come to think of it, I really like vampires. I don't like a lot of vampire media. It's honestly, it kind of reminds me of the whole zombie thing where, like, zombies are cool, I guess. But there's really only, like, two good pieces of media with zombies in them. And that's Left for Dead and 28 Days Later. Everything else is kind of trash. Resident Evil? That's video games. They don't count. I it's guess they count. Um, and also, Day, Dawn Day of the, the Dead. Dead. Dawn of the Dead is pretty Day of the cool. Dead. Day of the Dead's cool, too. Sean Return of the Living Dead. But uh, it's worse for vampires. There's only so much good vampire shit. Vampires are kind of cooler as an idea than they are in effect. The Art of the Deal features vampires. It does? I mean, zombies. Both. <laughs> uh, but, uh, of a different kind. Well, uh, at least in today's media, uh, they are two sides of uh, the same kind of coin, where uh, it is... Uh, Representative of humanity eating human other kinds of humanity, Cannibalism. and so it's a it's metaphorical in that vampires are supposed to be the bourgeoisie. They are the top that's eating the bottom, mm-hmm. where the zombies are the masses yeah. that are eating the few. Now there are two interpretations of vampires. I, I think there's the in the horror sense there's the economic idea of the rich eating the poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, the wealthy, the, uh, of the educated wealthy politician who can just like fuck over anybody he wants. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that that is mutually exclusive with the other idea of the vampire as very similar to the witch of a sexually liberated, liberated individual. Right. I think it can kind of be either or. So let's, I, I feel like with this fetish, vampire fetish, we need to differentiate a couple of things. Um, I have been exposed to a different meaning that's basically, it's, it's called sexual vampirism, um, as coined by ladies magazines as partners who basically use sex as a coping or control mechanism. Um, this can cause the non vampire to feel insecure, starve for love and desire, and ultimately drain emotionally. Uh, the vampire uses sex and desire in a hot and cold push and pull approach to manipulate their partner. Not healthy, not okay. Also, not the main focus oh, of this episode. Emotionally abusive vampires. Yes. Yeah, they should they stop. call that they call that sexual vampirism, which is stupid because that I feel like that kind of like if somebody were to try and find out more about um, vampires and sexuality and sexual fetishes, this is what they're going to find and be like, oh, thanks, Cosmo. I mean, unnamed ladies magazine. They should call it uh, emotional mosquitoism. Yeah. Yeah, they should use... I'm, I'm with you on that. I feel like they should Smack call it something else. Let's, let's make it harder to talk about. Mm. Emotional mosquitoism. Well, let's not ruin vampires. Let's not throw the baby... Let's not throw the right? vampire out I mean, with the a lot of things have ruined toxic vampires. masculine baby water. We are talking about a different kind of sexy vampire. The exciting, dark, alluring kind. And there are lots of different types. Bella Lugosi. Oh, <laughs> well, the really, Nosferatu type. The way I've always seen vampires working is just like with a lot of magic stuff is mm-hmm. there's no set rules. If you're going to tell a story, you kind of get to decide what they are. I mean, right. as much as everyone likes to shit on Twilight, mm-hmm. I, I have my own opinion about it. And that is Stephanie Meyer did not ask the entire world to read her book. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Meyer did not go up on top of a mountaintop and say, I've written the greatest tome of all time. Mm-hmm. She wrote a book for her audience mm-hmm. and it's not great, but she, she wrote a fanfic, but she wrote, she wrote yeah. something that was, that was for her that she enjoyed and that teenage girls enjoyed. And the fact that the book is not very great, mm-hmm. That, that doesn't mean it's the worst piece of media of all time. I ate What'd the you mo- write a fanfic of? It was a fanfic of... Um, I think of Fifty Shades, which 50 is a fanfic, shades of, Twilight. fanfic 50, of Twilight. Yeah, Fifty Shades is based on Twilight. She yeah. wrote Twilight as a fanfic of something else. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm not sure. She's Mormon. She's not allowed to read. <laughs> Mormons. No, They're the butt of the show. But okay. Uh, which I is do why the to. book is so poorly written. Okay, so let me tell you about... <laughs> 
five different types of vampires. Now, these are people that actually practice vampirism in their um, so sexual, in a sexual capacity. We're not starting off with pop culture vampires, because I was going to do we that can. first. So okay, maybe we should out. do that first. Yeah, let's do that of first. pop culture vampires. Sure. Because in pop culture, you've got the old Dracula type. Which Nosferatu. Is, which is kind of going to go back to Anne Rice, honestly. The mm-hmm. Anne Rice... Wait, Interview wait, with a vampire. But Anne Rice did have like, established rules for vampires, which was the they're gentlemanly, uh, they're ageless, they have to be let in, all that shit. Mm-hmm. And they don't sexual they don't have sex. They don't. They no. do, uh, well, one of the things that she like was very explicit about is that they're they're like sex not explicit about, but their sex is like them drinking each other's blood is mm-hmm. the equivalent of sex. Basically, it's more more yeah. Anyways, sensational. There's no there's no, there's no genital uh, manipulation in her. Even though she straight up straight up wrote erotica, and those books are extremely erotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't actually feature like genital penetration. It's there is penetration, but it is not of that type. It's I, a thing. I would say mm-hmm. that the pop culture vampire kind of exists on a spectrum. Yeah. And so what, what I think of that, I, I start with the Anne Rice vampire of just Tom Cruise from mm-hmm. that bullshit movie. Where mm-hmm. just, Interview with yeah, the vampire. Where they have a need to feed on people and then they have to follow some weird arbitrary rules. That kind of fits in with the whole True Blood and honestly kind of the Twilight thing too. Mm-hmm. But then you move up from that and I'd say then you get into the straight up monster, which is more Nosferatu mm-hmm. and some aspect of the Bela Lugosi Dracula. And Glad the Impaler. Sort. I, well, and then really like the I Am Legend type bullshit, which is you do see this occasionally. It drives me crazy of someone is making a stupid fucking zombie movie and they're like, but you know what? It's going to be a cool zombie movie because we're going to use the word vampire. Mm-hmm. I hate that shit. It drives me up a goddamn I, I wall. I Am Legend is a book about vampires. Mm-hmm. But... In the I Am Legend movie with Willy, 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 Scientology, um, they are zombies and they just call See, them vampires. I think Don't you're going forget. about this the wrong direction. Oh. Okay. We should start with tr- traditional classic literature vampires. I don't read that. Nosferatu. It's like Dracula, Nosferatu. They don't have sex. They Because the, at the time it was not, you know proper to write about sex so they write as close to writing about sex as you can sucking somebody's blood yeah penetration exchanging of fluids that kind of thing sneaking into people's bedrooms uh it wasn't until recently with like uh seduction uh twilight and uh the true blood that like vampires actually started fucking they did Mm -hmm. in the x-files episode uh american horror story hotel as also, vampires? Mm-hmm. Anyways. Lady Gaga's At any point, you have the... Tradi- I'm gonna just going to call pop culture vampires by my own arbitrary rules. Traditional, monster, modern. I think that that's about sums it up. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like there's a distinction that needs to be made between those images. Because those are the images I feel like that draw people into a fetish like this. But once you're actually participating in a kink or fetish group that focus on on focuses on vampirism, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, and uh, like in the Victorian era, when a lot of this, like the traditional vampire stuff, was being written, mm-hmm. uh, it was very seductive and it was meant to be very metaphorical. But uh, the reason people were able to line it up so closely is because sex back then was so risky that you were risking your life if you are a woman mm-hmm. to have sex because childbirth killed a lot of women back then. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of it was supposed to be like, you know, the vampire comes in and sucks your blood and you might die mm-hmm. from it. Uh, there's a, a, I've read a few articles about uh, the penetrative aspects of the vampire, mm-hmm. uh, Lucy from Dracula, uh, that, the way she is killed at the very end after becoming uh, Dracula's, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever, Zombie one of her brides, bride. uh, is she is staked or penetrated by mm-hmm. her own husband, and that that is supposed to be moving her back into a realm of goodness because then that's when Van Helsing says that she'll be sleeping with the angels mm-hmm. instead of furrowing with the demons right but to, to focus on, on on what i think is chris's point is that there there's not always consistency on vampires as far as like the rules because sometimes they can be in the daylight sometimes they can't a lot of stuff is amorphous the one thing that is continuous is the biting at the neck 
which is a representation of sex. Mm-hmm. Going mm-hmm. for that femoral artery. Yeah. Uh, I, I did read a very interesting article that was arguing that that was uh, intentionally emasculating for male vampires because uh, sex semen is generally produced from men mm-hmm. uh, and that it was a male penetrating a female traditionally in a lot of these vampire lore uh, seducing a female and penetrating them with their fangs mm-hmm. uh, except instead of giving fluid they were accepting a life-giving fluid which was blood mm-hmm. so that it was a it's supposed to be vampires are supposed to be emasculating where they are taking a female role of accepting the life-giving vampires well, eat taking the it pussy. forcefully yeah, taking it forcefully but, yeah but it's still more being, like a life force yeah it's being ingested mm-hmm. by them Okay, can I get into the different types? Now we're into real-life vampires. Okay. Sorry, that was a fun aside. Uh, that's fine. Um, there are five different types that I was able to identify, um, and a lot of this is coming from some um, uh, different websites with specific literature on on um, the way that vampires actually operate today in day-to-day life. Uh, the first is the prana vampire, uh, which feeds on sexual energy, sometimes called a psychic vampire. Uh, which can also be described as feeding on one's life force. What's interesting about them is that a lot of times those kind of uh, vampires are don't even have to have sex with somebody. They can just basically, like, I don't know, like feed off of someone by like being around them and getting close to them and those stuff people like that. exist. So, I mean, um, if you go outside, it's easy to roll your eyes mm-hmm. at someone who says that they're a vampire. But we've all been in a bar or something, and we're someone st- just drains yeah. energy. Sorry. I think we're still talking about fictional vampires. Just No, like, these are real no, life. these are real-life vampires. People who identify themselves as feeding off others' sexual energy. Oh, okay. Right. Life force. And it's kind of a good way to think are, about this. That is a mythological vampire, yes, too. It is. But this is kind of based in, like, a Hindu faith kind of thing, where they're, like, basically... Uh, drawing on someone's life, life force. And the best way I could visualize this is by thinking about that part in Hocus Pocus, whenever the Sanderson sisters are like sucking the life out of, out of the main guy character. I can't remember his name. Um, but that's, that's very similar to what these piranha vampires do. Um, there's also succubus and incubus, which we've talked about on a previous episode. Um, however, these are, um, practices and these are, are, are characters that also are not characters, but types of vampirism too. Uh, they are demons who claim to feed from the physical act or sexual biological connection to their partner. Um, so actually they draw their power from the actual sex act. Um, Many of these, you know, cite interest in Lilith, which is the original queen of the succubi. But basically all that they are is, you know, um, a participant that kind of uh, finds a willing person and then feeds off of the, the, I don't know, the act of sex itself. The that, physical the act of it. sexual It's kind of like a religious interpretation <clears throat> of someone's own sexual lifestyle. Right. Um, another type is the tantric vampire. Uh, they use uh, sex focus, and they focus well on f- um, feelings and, and focus in general, like, attention to different people's uh, body parts and things like that. Uh, tantric vampires um, also use sex to channel energy and sexual pleasure from the divine. So there's kind of like a spiritual aspect of it. Um, most practitioners also claim it is the most pure and fulfilling way to feed. Um, sometimes they're called a yoga vampire, which is kind of interesting. Um, they do have sex and sometimes they don't. But, I mean, now I'm um, down. Yeah, but basically like they spend a lot of time like, um, you know, really channeling all kinds of sexual pleasure, but also invoking kind of the things that we discussed in our episode, what, three or four um, tantra, tantra sex. Um, there's also what this particular writer called an Eros vampire, um, which is reminiscent of the God of love and chaos. And this is what, this is what I think of whenever I think of like vampire fetish. Um, it's chaotic, it's primal. Um, they're basically feeders on human love, desire, and sexual need often in a primal or chaotic way. So, um, that's kind of what that would kind of fall into. Yes. Uh, which of these groups are actually biting necks and doing the sucky on None of them blood? yet. Um, some of them do. Um, the tantric vamp, uh, vampire can, uh, the Eros vampire can as well. Um, and then that brings me to our last type, the sexual vampire. These are not romantic 
Um, the Eros vampire is usually, you know, romantic and whatever. Um, but the sexual vampire is not romantic. It's not scientific. It's straight to the point sex without the frills. Um, they're predatory in the sense that the exactly like vampires are. Um, so, um, but the thing is these, the, all of these have different kinds of feeding types, which I was going to explain as well. Um, there's biological feeders like coitus feeders, um, succubi and incubi feed on the physical act of sexual intercourse. Some say that these feeders are sex addicts, but this is not always the case. Um, then there's the, the organic fluid feeders, um, which can fall into any of the categories that I already explained. Um, these vampires feed on sexual fluids, semen, sexually excited blood, which is apparently the most delicious. Um, menstrual or vaginal fluids, or even breast milk. Um, many fluid feeders need, actually, like, feel a physical need to consume these regularly. Um, also, these tend to be the most secretive, um, mainly because they are consuming a lot of these other fluids that are exchanged during sex. Yeah. Um, but they, they're most, they're very secretive and kind of ashamed that they're consuming some of these particular, um, fluids, um, except for those that can, that consume sexually excited blood. Cause sometimes whenever they're like, you know, cutting each other and then consuming that blood, um, that isn't, it isn't quite as shameful as some of the other fluids. Yes. What about sexually excited urine? It didn't say that, but okay. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't know. rule that out. I thought you were asking about Richard Chase. Uh, no, we're not bringing him up. Uh, <laughs> He's a vampire. Um, if you're really curious, Google it. But it's a gross story about a killer, and we don't want to. We want to have fun. So. Yeah. Um, let's not get into that. There are also sexual energy feeders, um, which is the most common kind. Um, and that's can, that can fall into the tantric vampire, the prana vampire. A lot of these kind of operate um, in this sort of sense, but it's usually all in the, within the realm of seduction. Um, and within these sexual energy feeders, there are three types. Um, the flirts. I'm moving through this as fast as I can. I've got my notepad out and I've got circles. <laughs> well, I thought this was pretty important. Um, there are the flirts that thrive on evoking sexual response in others. So like people that like to flirt and kind of like get you all like hyped up, but then they don't really like follow through. Um, and sometimes they do this just without sex, but it still evokes that feeling and it still kind of evokes that desire. So it's kind of easy to um, see that 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 happens. Um, there's also the tease. Uh, these are not quite as obvious like the flirts, but none, uh, no less subtle. Um, they emerge as tantalizing. They've mastered sensuality and this can heat up predatory behavior um, by some vampires. There's also the tempter. Uh, these are similar to teases, but darker. What? <laughs> How are they delineating this? I don't know. Listen, this one is the flirt. That one's the tease. This one's the tempter. They're very different. It's like the difference between IPA and a uh, and like a, a nice stout. Like no, it's the difference between like vanilla ice cream and vanilla bean ice cream. <laughs> That's better, yeah. Okay, let me explain the tempter. Similar to the teases, but darker. They combine... The vanilla bean, because it's got a little black spot They combine sexual fears and fantasy. This may push you to try something new. They enjoy exciting and scaring their partners, though must be careful to maintain consent, because sometimes they go too far. So this kind of sounds like it's a question of life imitating art and art imitating life, in the sense of... You don't have to self-identify any one of these behaviors. These kind of seem like the cutouts for different sexual behaviors. Like, we all know people who have these vampiric tendencies, but they would never in a million years self-identify themselves as a vampire. Well, a lot of this has to do with roleplay, with fantasy, and also there is an element of BDSM here because of the domination that takes place in um, a lot of these scenes or actually, like, playing out of a lot of this stuff. Um, there, That involves glamouring, so kind of using that charisma that comes with the, the concept or, or the uh, depiction 
of a vampire. So glamour um, is what vampires do to seduce you. Right. Um, which is, in effect, a sort of mind control. And yes. usually participants that choose to um, engage with a vampire in this way will willingly, um, you know, submit to that authority because of the glamour or the persona or the, you know, whatever, um, role-playing kind of, you know, a, a approach to that. Um, they also, sometimes this is a good way to... <laughs> Dan has bugs in her face. There's a fly. It's like in The Exorcist or like any or uh, Amityville Horror where bugs are attracted to evil, so um, summoning a lot of insects. <laughs> There's one insect that's been in here for weeks. Well, <laughs> it will not die. Um, some people that like to partake in this particular fetish, can I say the R word? Yeah. Okay, yeah, a trigger warning. Um, so oh, don't you whisper another R word, some you asshole. People, <laughs> some people do actually have, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you disagree with me, please stop me, a rape fantasy. That is yeah, a thing that supposedly exists. That's not supposedly. Okay. It's, it's one of the thing. most popular oh, fantasies. I See, I never know, knew if that was like a thing that people were like, no, 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 no. It's because of something no, else. No, it's like a legit fantasy. And like when they do <laughs> like studies about it, it always comes up as like, oh, right. this is super prevalent. Right. Well, and a lot of it has to do with shame. So a lot of people that have fantasies, like rape fantasies, can enact these by playing in a vampire kind of way because, oh no, like he's glamored me. There's nothing I can do and now he can take advantage and, and um, penetrate me and, you know, yada yada. I, but I don't think it should always be associated with shame. I think it definitely no. could be a way of dealing with it, but I think there could be lots of circumstances in which rape play is a way of expressing control, right. uh, of, of getting comfortable and with being attacked and, right. and if in this fantasy situation it's going to be different for each individual mm -hmm. and you can definitely see how the vampire play into that of how rape play with a fantasy aspect yeah. keeps it in that fantasy area well, but I, I don't think it should always be associated with shame yeah I, it was just something that I found yeah. it said that a lot of people that participate in vampire kind of play want to um, or, or cannot bring themselves to ask for a um, scenario in which, you know, a rape, they're enacting a rape. Um, they want to play rather, that kind of takes away the stigma by saying, oh, it's just a vampire role-playing thing. It's not, it's not a rape fantasy. I'm, you know, into vampires. But I mean, at so. the same time, there's nothing wrong with fantasy. Mm -hmm. What happens between two consensual adults that there should not be, and we're putting this weird stigma on, on rape play is if it's like a five- on the FDI. That's my fault because yeah, I'm, I feel like for topic. me, I don't know enough about it and I'm scared to talk about it because I don't know enough about but, but it. But so much of, of kinks is taking the forbidden fruit mm -hmm. and taking the forbidden fruit in a way that's consensual and benefiting both partners. Mm -hmm. And it, especially in today's climate, it's easy to say that rape play needs to be put away and not exist anymore. Right. But it's another consensual activity between two partners who care about each other and, and, and all kinks are ways of dealing with things we shouldn't do. Right. And... You know, rape play does not need to be something that is is looked at as evil or as akin to rape or mm -hmm. could lead to rape, anything like that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to align. No, I'm not yeah, trying there, to. There are people that use it as a uh, like for, almost like a form of therapy. People who have been sexually assaulted uh, sometimes will engage in uh, rape play mm -hmm. uh, as like a coping kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just bringing it up as as um, a thing that ha was mentioned in the research as like, okay, if somebody doesn't want to ask someone else to enact a scenario of, of rape, um, I can ask you to be a vampire who glamours me and takes me by force but you know, it, you know, it's acknowledging the elephant in the room because an important part of the vampire, mm -hmm. and, you know, we've kind of, we've broken the word out, so I'm going to keep using it. Mm -hmm. The vampire is a rapist. Yeah. I, I mean, and not in every rendition of the story, mm -hmm. but in, I would say, most renditions of the story, it is not always seduction. Even if it is seduction, it's a seduction that goes over the line of you're not, it's wearing down consent. Right. It, it is a, it is a, it is a consensual act that has not, has been reached by way of violating a person's own emotions and feelings. Well, it does because it also messes with the, the SSC, right? It's, yeah. it's redefining and kind of making blurry that sane part of it because, you know, um, a person that is, you know, being approached by a vampire has been glamored or um, enchanted in such a way as to view this. I like that word. Um, I, I like glamored as an as a interpretation of enchanted. Yeah. 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 Um, Switched. 
Yeah. Bewitched. There you go. Um, but that was one thing. Uh, one one way that was it was phrased in terms of a BDSM sort of term is that this this role playing this uh, fantasy is the ultimate surrender, which I thought was pretty interesting because it's true. Um, you know, like if you're playing with someone, you can actually enact this ultimate surrender. Um, which is kind of interesting. Well, and you're so, being you're being used. It's yes. Whether you're whether it's actual sex or whether it's just food, it's there's mm-hmm. there's a cannibalism aspect to it, and an otherworldly demonic sense to it too. Yes. Of you are disposable. This person does not care about you. Mm-hmm. This is not a monogamous. You're going to run away with Edward Cullen forever, unless right. it's a weird aversion thing. Well, it's because it's like purely like I'm seeking you for your body, either through sustenance or. For sex. For sex. And then, I, there's nothing about your person that I want and there lies your physical form. The greatest metaphor of them all is that it, it, sustenance for blood is just horniness. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's, that, that, that is Halloween incarnate. Right. Which brings forward to two kind of concepts that we've discussed in, in uh, writ large on this show before, which is the first, um, fear as kind of like an aphrodisiac. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this pretty much in, in detail, I feel, um, talking about the way things that like are scary. It's, it's a, a, an ultimate form of fear, knowing that there's someone who um, could come and suck you dry of all your blood right, and kill you that way. And this is, this is a, a lore that's been around for a long time. That also brings to mind the concept of the sexually excited blood. Whenever your blood starts pumping and you're frightened or you're Get scared, um, all of your veins tend to to rise to the skin a little bit more, you get warmer, and so like. Um, but the blood itself of- doesn't change. And correct me if I'm wrong. If if you are afraid or excited or exercising, the the compound of blood does not change. There's just more. Not more of it. It's just flows more active, faster. flows mm-hmm. faster, closer to the skin, and it's warming the skin because it's closer to it. Yes, well, but some hormones probably flow through, right? I guess yes. that's probably accurate. Adrenaline, then. yeah. Mm-hmm. So adrenaline would adrenaline be prevalent enough to change the taste of blood? It can be. Oh, I don't. You know, I don't really know. I've never tried it myself. I, I, I'm just, but I, that's what's being alleged. I, I, I did take a few classes in forensic science, mm-hmm. and I feel like that would have come up is that if you study blood, you could find if there was higher or lower adrenaline levels. I feel like mm-hmm. that's that would have come up. I don't I, think that that's accurate. Though. I would guess that it is a psychological thing for mm-hmm. the people that actually do think that this kind of way, mm-hmm. and that uh, they, if if we were to do like a peer reviewed double blind study, they would <laughs> not actually be able to tell the difference between uh, adrenaline filled blood and regular. Blood. But yeah. I mean, uh, blood alcohol levels see. are a thing. I did find research. Um, you can taste the alcohol in the blood. I, have you ever done it? Have you ever found a person passed out from too much alcohol and given them a little nibble and said, ooh, this is just as strong as a beer? Oh, you know what? We need to try that. You know what taka is made of? Taki? Taka, the vodka. When they go, when someone goes into the hospital for drinking too much and they have got to like they got to take another blood into a stomach. Pump. So it's just plasma, blood <laughs> plasma, it's just blood plasma, and they just like uh, they boil it clear. Oh, uh, plasma is clear, but it is. Well, it's like it's like a dirty brown brownish. It like, doesn't it's sound like, clear to me. No, it's like a, it's like a little oh. bit dirty water. Okay. here we go. I found it. I found it's my transparent, research. not crystalline. Um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to read to you a little bit about, out of a, an account of somebody who is uh, claims to be a vampire. Uh, she says, I've been attracted to blood since I was 13 and from uh, and when I was 15, uh, the first time I took part in blood drinking. Uh, when I was at school, a lot of my friends were quite gothic and they used to self-harm. It was really difficult for me to deal with because you were watching your very close friends get hurt. And at the same time, you were incredibly aroused by the blood. Uh, Maggie said that she, oh, sorry, uh, this girl's name, uh, said that she has gone on to almost become a fully fledged vampire, albeit one without supernatural powers. She claimed that it was difficult for her to go long periods without drinking blood from consensual victims, of course. I mean, I'm the same um, way with alcohol. <laughs> I drink up to three ounces of feeding if I am on a regular schedule, she said. The longest I have gone without being uh, without has been seven months, at which point I could barely think, think straight because everyone seemed like a meal. Her attraction to blood provides a perverse sort of pleasure. It's scary, but it's so beautiful, she explained. It's really just this great, powerful, awesome feeling. It's the consistency, the scent of it, and even the fact that people taste different when you cut them in different areas. So, um, this is actually a good, um, 
depiction of what is called clinical vampirism or Renfield's syndrome. How do we as a Renfield tri- is in Dracula. How do we as a tribunal feel about um, Renfield's syndrome? Because I, I, I would actually... Go ahead. It goes back to blood play as well. Um, I think a lot of these things tie in perfectly with each other in terms of, um, you know, blood, blood lust, uh, blood play, and, and van- vampirism. But I think as long as she's working with a uh, consenting a person and she knows how much is safe to drink versus... And she also goes into all of this, you know... Um, you sterilize the blade, sterilize the area you're going to cut. You can't brush your teeth uh, beforehand because if you cut open your gum and are putting blood in your mouth, that's cause for disease transmission. Like this person is obviously going into the safety aspects. Yeah. And of I mean, it. and that's why when we discuss blood play, it's like out of four out of five. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're fucking around with opening up your body's blood, mm-hmm. you are taking gigantic risks. Right. For biological hazard and for bleeding out mm-hmm. and for ruining your sheets. <laughs> that too. That's but it's interesting. I, I think that's the part of the, the fun. The is brown. Have you ever eaten... That's why you get brown sheets. Have you ever eaten chocolate ice cream? This is the part where... the I hear you eating chocolate ice cream in bed? This is where the... And you buy brown sheets and then you spill it and you think, oh, I'll be fine. And then you got a giant brown spot on your brown sheet. <laughs> you know how hard it is to find something that's the exact same color as whatever fluids you're going to be dropping on it? You have to pick out your very specific kind of ice cream so you can only drink, eat briars because other ice cream might stay in a different way. Uh-huh. Here's what you do. You sleep in a giant pile of trash... That way it's indistinguishable. That's what you do. (laughs) Well, and this is why this is, I feel like where the benefit of role playing and fantasy comes in because you do have such a, um, manicured, um, organized, dressed kind of experience in, in mind, right? You've done all the things you've taken care of all the sense, the layout, the whole fantasy aspect of it, but you're also able to prepare for, um, some of the hygienic issues as well. So that was that was basically what I was looking for to explain the different tastes that blood has. It's, it's interesting to hear someone talk about how they have a desire for blood that goes beyond mere interest. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, that that's been one of the more interesting things to explore in this show is when a fetish exceeds a want and becomes a need, and, and that is always a. Uh, I, I'll say it, it's always a, a little bit of cause for concern mm-hmm. because any fetish can be a five on the FDI if it begins to consume a person with obsession. Right. Um, and, and hearing that a person likes to cut open other people and be safe about it and drink some blood, mm-hmm. that's really just kind of like a dangerous, fun time. But hearing that someone has to have it, mm-hmm. you, you start to get those those 2020, like, uh, who's the host of Barbara, Barbara Walters? I have. I Christine, have no idea. Christine Ghibli's. <laughs> and then they start talking about like, there was a need mm-hmm. to feed. Well, I think it's a lot of it on is, weed. is like psychosomatic, Seven, kind of yeah. like what Chris said. But it says here, vampires feed for survival, but the act of feeding in itself is shrouded in sexual desire. It gives vampires an intense feeling of satisfaction, even euphoria. Perhaps there is a parallel to orgasming there. Um, and that's according to one particular researcher, Wolf. So, um, kind of, kind of fascinating all the different, you know, resources and, and literature out there. Um, I'm sure as long as it's done safely, it's probably all right. Thoughts? I would suggest extensive research on, you know, yeah. blood. You pie. had notes. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, mine was, uh, mythological vampires. I want to know about some. Oh, uh, so, uh. Uh, basically, uh, the Victorian era vampires, I already said. Uh, I like to imagine Chris walking into the History Channel for an interview, and they put up a mic to him. It's like, hey, we're doing an hour-long program about vampires. Do you have research? And he's like, I, I have a Wikipedia article. And they're like, it's not just, a, just do it. Just narrate it. And it's like, not a Wikipedia um, article. <laughs> according to this, the vampires uh, comes from the, the Latin origin um, vampire, mm-hmm. which uh, is a satanic term for uh, one who feeds. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is Chris. Um, uh, there was a famous vampire named Rasputin. No, I, who, <laughs> I think it's more like History Channel walked up and was like, we're doing a segment on vampires. I was like, cool. I've looked up a bunch about mythological vampires. They're like, no. We mean like people who think they gain substan- sustenance. It's like, oh. Who fantas- whose fantasy Sexy is vampires. that they need sustenance. Yes. They, and anyone who did, cannot recognize the difference between a fantasy 
desire for sustenance and an actual need for it. That there's a fine line between those. Psychological too. It's yeah. psychological need. But yeah, I want to know because I mean, one thing I was trying to find is the group of vampires or, or subset of vampires that take part in bathing in blood, which comes from a mythological historical woman, right? Um, yeah, Bloody Mary. No. There was another one, right? I know what you're talking about. Mary, Mary Queen of Queen of something, but which Queen of Wales? Scots? Scots. No, that's a different that's a different bloody Same queen. Mary. She's bloody for a different reason. But one of the queens named Mary bathed in blood. Okay, yes. Supposedly. Sure. Supposedly. But it wasn't true. I think there was a different one that actually did. So the whole Victorian era vampire was if we're analyzing it, plays with gender roles and was supposed to turn like gender and sexuality Bathory. Uh, conceptions oh, on its head. Hey. Elizabeth Bathory. Bathory. Mm-hmm. As in, like, her name has bath in it? Was, Coincidence? That, I should have remembered that. So, uh, before Dracula, there was a short or a short novel, a uh, novella called uh, Carmilla, which is about a female vampire named Carmilla, who uh, seduces Soprano? women. Who seduces women. Who only seduces women. And uh, it was, like, a whole commentary about... Uh, uh, female seduction of other females in Victorian era when it was like lesbians aren't real things, they're vampires, right? Uh, but uh, in the uh, novella, the uh, girl that has been seduced by Carmilla uh, describes having her uh, breasts bitten mm-hmm. by Carmilla and having the blood drank from her breasts, uh, except when she's being interviewed by males in the story, she changes that to having her neck bitten. Is that the origin? I mean, of the whole thing. Vampires are a real thing. Well, I mean, of the whole like, oh, it was just my neck, but actually, it was a nipple. Her neck, her back, her pussy, and her crack. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're being a little bit Anglo-Saxon, though. Do you you have research for like? Doesn't the vampire transcend just white culture and British and? Yes, it does. We got. I mean, there's Asian vampires. This is Chris's corner. Yes, the Mesopotamia is the first region we will be talking about. I know where that is. (laughs) I know. Is it by Zanzibar? No, Mesopotamia is the cradle of life. It's that little area that's north of Africa and between Asia. It's the cradle of life. Yes. It's where baby Jesus was born, and baby Jesus was a brown man with black hair. So uh, you might recognize this as someone we talked about uh, in one of our previous episodes. Uh, Her name is Lilith. Uh, She has some vampire mythology to her, you know, the queen of all demons. Uh, It is said that in some folktales that she had to sustain life by sucking the blood of infants. And that she is the reason that there was so much death. And uh, this was uh, extremely uh, abhorrent to uh, Jewish people. Because drinking blood is bad. Because Hebrew law outlaws the uh, eating of human flesh and the drinking of any type of blood. Uh, so she was uh, seemed seen as exceptionally evil. So the Jewish faith explicitly denounces eating drinking blood nowhere in the christian bible does it say you shouldn't drink blood that's not in there i don't know i I haven't haven't read the bible cover to cover blood pudding blood blood pudding thank you dana getting a little bit sleepy (laughs) (laughs) uh so uh then a babylonian goddess lamashtu uh is a historically older image than uh Lilith, and uh, she is the daughter of heaven, uh, or malicious daughter of heaven. She is uh, depicted as a blood-sucking creature with the lion's head and the body of a donkey. She primarily preys on newborns and their mothers. She said to watch pregnant women vigilantly. So for a long time, this was women-on-women kind of monstrosity. Mm -hmm. Huh. And uh, women-on-children a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, it's weird that that anxiety persisted for so long as if a fear of older women stealing your babies. Jealousy. I, I guess it, it comes to the idea that oh, all a woman wants is a baby. And so if a woman never had one, obviously 
the only thing she wants is other people's babies. Because that was all that women were worth back then. It's like, okay, can you produce babies? Okay, can you produce male babies? Well, sometimes they wanted little late girl babies. You could trade those for more farmland. Yeah. Uh, so the Greeks had the Impusa, the Lamia, and the Stridges. Uh, these are actually all also have become terms for uh, witches and demons. Mm-hmm. They uh, all kind of blend together into one sexy soup. Basically, they all kind of had to do with Zeus fucking someone in some way or another. You know, I'm going to sum up Greek mythology for you. Zeus fucks something and then a weird creature comes out. That's just that whole religion. Lamia was fucking with Zeus, was fucking Zeus, and Hera found out, killed all of Lamia's offspring. She swore vengeance and preyed on young children in their beds at night, sucking their blood. (gasps) The Stridges feasted on children, but also preyed on adults. They were described as having the bodies of crows or birds in general, and were later incorporated into Roman mythology as Strix. Yeah, I know that word. Ooh. The Romanian vampire, the Strijoweed. Stri- jo- jo- Whoa. Stri- Let me see this word. I gotta see this word. Oh, Strigoi. Strigoi, that's it. Uh, uh, it is also the term that is used as vampires in, uh, the, uh, show The Strain, which is created by... Damon Lindelof. No, uh, uh, the, uh... Doc Hammer. No, the Mexican filmmaker, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, um, John Lennon. <laughs> Very famous. One of my fa- favorite filmmakers. Robert. Yeah, uh... Uh, I know Del Toro, Guillermo Del Toro. Yeah, Guillermo. Guillermo. Uh, they call them the sh- uh, the Strigoi. Uh, yeah, there's there's every single culture has a vampire. Every single culture has a blood sucking fiend. I guess that's, I got what I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> I got a Wikipedia. The Vitalis. Yeah, I was trying to write this down, and you guys came early. Sorry. It came on time. Yeah, I was here at five. The Vitalis is a ghoul-like being that inhabits corpses. They're often found in Sanskrit folklore. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, no. We will not be... We're here to entertain <laughs> blah, guests blah, blah, blah. with our podcast and Hebrew bring joy word. to their life. Hebrew we're not here word. to have you read Wikipedia and blah, blah, blah through the shit you don't want to read. Also, I believe Hotel Transylvania calls it... Or prefers that it's pronounced blah, blah, blah. That was the lamest you've ever been. I'm so sorry. Okay, hey, let's talk about the numbers. Um. Uh, yes. That's one subsection of six subsections. Thank you, Wikipenis. I don't need it. (laughs) I was trying to write all this down. You guys showed up early. You guys were like 15 minutes early. Hey, um, (laughs) um, yeah, it just means that we're on time. Um, That doesn't mean you're on time. By the numbers. Early is on time. Fet life. On time is late. Late is never. There, um, there was a uh, there's a saying that seven... I think punctuality is the uh, killer of time. FetLife has more than seven million members. Because if you're always trying to be early, let Dana you speak. Will also, lose all your time. Dana, get closer to the mic. We're falling apart. You're falling apart. Do a vampire voice. Hey guys, guess how many people are in a group called Vampire Slash Gothic Slash Dark? Six hundred and sixty-six. Oh, I like that. One. Two, no. three. 11,106 members. God bless. What the fuck? Vampires. Uh-huh. Vampires are the sexy kings of sexuality. Vampires gothic dark. For anyone into vampires gothic and or dark supernatural play. But they didn't even have sex until recently. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're not like... They just penetrated people. Then there's a group that's literally just the called fans. vampires. For all vampires and the people who love them. 20 thousand you think there's more yes just the word if i got on a fet life right now and i just searched the word vampire and i found a group that was just the word vampire i would assume 2000 like, oh this is everybody um actually you're really close it is 3037 yeah yeah oh man there's a couple of other groups out there but not really a what whole about bunch. the strugoi I I did I didn't search that. You go look it up. What about Blackulas? Hey, is that how about offensive? let's talk about? <laughs> <laughs> is it an offensive term? I don't know. 
what about that Eddie Murphy movie, uh, Dracula in Manhattan or whatever? I was hey, thinking Vampire in Brooklyn. Really, let's I was thinking talk of... about some really cool um, products that are out there. The Twilight Saga. <gasps> so many vampire retractable things. Actually retractable? They retract. Now, granted, I have a friend, an actual flesh and blood friend. Wait, who really? Has... Yeah, I know. Crazy. And he, blood? He's got uh, custom-made vampire teeth. Yeah, you can go to That's New cool. Orleans and get a custom-made vampire teeth where they'll uh, like measure your teeth. and everything. They match your tone and they That's actually fit so in. Cool. You can eat with them. I would totally get that done just uh, for fun. Dana, if I ever be- make, become a millionaire, it's done. You yes, can have them. for Christmas. I don't okay. think they're that expensive. Um... If I become a thousand there. Also, they're just the regular glue-on kind of vampire things. Yeah. Probably not as form-fitting and nice. Also, there's a fleshlight. It's a mouth with fangs and it's a <laughs> fleshlight. It's uh, called the suck you dry. <laughs> uh, three puns all rolled into one. So they Must a, have taken. They made this, a pun about succubi. Yeah, the suck you dry is all about succubi sucking and vampire fun. Manufactured by Fleshlight, it's just as discreet as a flashlight, except the suck you dry comes in a tall boy beer can design. Does it have like um, a little button on the side where like Vincent Price will say things? That's what the that's what it looks like. It has a vampire that literally oh, has her mouth open. Oh, it's literally a can. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's and a beer can. Suck the suck you dry. Okay. <laughs> 70 bucks. Um yeah, it's it's interesting and it has an interesting teeth like ridged interior. So it's, it hurts. No. No, no it's this, soft. The stuff is very very soft. Yeah, it's very soft. Um but it's got pointed, so it should market a flashlight that not, hurts. Yeah, it should be a it should be a beer can full of safety glass. Okay, if that doesn't do it for you, we have the Twilight inspired dildo that it sparkles. sparkles. It sparkles. It sparkles. It shines, oh. and it retains a cold temperature. Plus, it's pale as the sinister wing of any real vampire. I was gonna I was gonna ask if that was the the kind that they made specifically that you could put in your freezer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't put it in your freezer. You put it in a bowl of cold ice water. Wouldn't that well, work I mean, with any uh-huh. dildo? Uh, yeah, pretty much. You could do that with any dildo. Okay. Um, let's if also you're not to forget some incubi, who, as we all know, have large or cold dicks. If you're <laughs> or cold, not dicks. Close, though. Um, if you're all, if you're looking, if you're seeking out an invitation to come inside. Uh, you can use use vampire condoms. It says vampires always get invited inside. It's a black latex condom. Well, you're not coming inside anyone in that. You're coming inside a condom. So it just looks like a glass. It's just a lie. It's a vampire condom. It's just a lie. So you can come inside. No. (laughs) I thought it was funny. I'm going to let her have it. Thank you. Let me have it. Damn it. Um, Also, some steak dildos. Um, if you're going to fight vampires, you need a steak. And if you're going to pull off some really hot X-rated Buffy scenes, you need a steak dildo. It's a wooden dildo. Are those actual wood um, or, are they sta- or are they just plastic that looks like wood? No, they're wood. Um, and it's funny because you can name it Mr. Pointy. I don't well, get it's not it. Pointy. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer's oh, yeah. Mr. Pointy. I, uh, I've only really seen like a few episodes of that. Then if you're feeling really, um, uh, what is so it? You watched not all reli- of the Not religious, where you're like... Sacrilegious. If you're wanting to be sacrilegious, you can use a crucifix dildo. Oh, like, uh, uh, like, uh, what's her face? Reagan. Yeah. Equal parts Fuck funny. Jesus. <laughs> Equal parts funny, that's offensive, and creepy. <laughs> what? That's happened in The Exorcist. This crucifix was dildo. Thing. This crucifix dildo <laughs> is called the Jackhammer Jesus. Uh, Pazuzu <laughs> possessed Reagan and. Had a crucifix that she fucked herself I'm with. I'm more of a pieman man myself. It's definitely a toy Buffy would keep in her weapon's chest if the show were XXX. Speaking of which, guess what? There's a porn version of Buffy. She looks a lot like Sarah Buffy Michelle Geller. The Vampire Slayer XXX, a parody. Oh, they didn't even have a like punny name? Like, no. Stuff Me? That's good. <laughs> Stuff me the vampire fucker or something. She looks enough like Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. Well, it's nah, really She's got that whole like porn hilarious. star look. She sucks but in a good way. <laughs> but Buffy's not a vampire. Okay, whatever. But, but, uh, I'm, I'm judging the writing of a porn. Yeah, I, get it. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> uh, technically, Princess Leia wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where Excuse was I? Me. Oh, um, there's also holy water lube. That's cute. 
Isn't well, that cute? I mean, it's cute. You can't. Another must-have in any X-rated weapons chest. Holy water lube. Yep. Yeah, it's real, peeps. And since it's not actually blessed, vamps can use it for sexy, pain-free fantasies. I'd recommend doing a patch test, though, just is, in case. It is just lube that has a holy water label put on it. Okay, are you... Are, you know what Halloween is? Do you I have just say, fun? If you're going to be role-playing as a vampire and someone brings out holy water lube, you better start role-playing that it, your dick is being burnt off. Okay. You are the least fun person. <laughs> Let me tell you about the uh, pale no. impaler. I take my vampire sex seriously. That's the why pale, you're not having any. The pale impaler by Fleshlight. We're not talking about your two ex-girlfriends going at it. Well, we could be if you really want to. This combo pack features the ultimate sexual battle between two star-crossed lovers. Um, but yeah, the inside of this sucker has like all kinds of like ridges and things. It's a Fleshlight. Uh, that's called the Pale Impaler. Hmm. How is that vampiric? Because it's pale? Yeah, because of the name. It's, um, it's branded. There's also the Freak's Drac Fleshlight. That is a vagina with bat wings. Yeah. yeah. Take a flight on the dark side and have a fling in the wings. Made with Fleshlight signature, real feel, super skin, and stunning detail, you can now have what the realm of the living has been missing for centuries. <laughs> By Fleshlight. Good for them. I know, I really like it. Also, there's the Drac. Uh, I'm going to describe the, the Drac. Dildo. Uh, the Drac looks exactly like a raspberry popsicle and nothing else. It looks like a dick the size of your forearm, but <laughs> yeah, they don't really have anything to scale, so it could just be because of the camera's That is that the plus. exact color of a raspberry popsicle, and it also looks like Ivan Ooze, but a dick. <laughs> oh, is that our next kink? Ivan Ooze? I'm it. sure goo could be its own, like, textures. That's not it. Slime. Um, but yeah, goo play is probably a thing. I, oh, we yeah. just need to look it up. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's actually on sale right now for fifty eight dollars. That's you know what it's it's a okay. Yeah. Um. Also, there's on vampire condoms. They're also selling panties that say vampires only. And that's it. That's all I've got in the sexy shopping cart this week. You know what? I would buy. How the fun teeth. was that? I would love to have some vampire teeth. You know, obviously not to go to, like, stores or anything, because I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, at a private party, mm-hmm. just, you know, have some big old vampire teeth going on. I'd I be happy. I think it'd be fun. You walk into your work, and you're just like, hey, what's going on? Today you co- is You do that at, in, like, November, though. Like, save that for, like, November. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, Wednesday or something. Today is going to Wednesdays suck. <laughs> and then you're fired. Tommy, why do you sound so exotic? Well, I actually... I have a little bit wide. <laughs> the vampire is super clunky if you don't pay good money for him. Thanks to, thanks to the prevalence of I'm vampire... So thanks to the prevalent culture of sexy vampires. There's a huge market for vampire sex toys. Um, vampires is a fascinating topic that we discussed fully and filled our hour-long ap- application. <laughs> application? Can Shut I your mouth. I had fun. The, uh, a quote from uh, the guy who played Bill Compton about why he thinks people think vampires are so sexy. Read yes. me a quote. This is a new, new corner. It's called Chris's Quotes. Chris's Quotes. If we go on, or if we go from a base level, vampires create a hole in the neck where there wasn't one before. It's a de-virginization, breaking the hymen, creating blood, and then drinking the virginal blood. And there's something sharp, the fang, which is pro- probing and penetrating and moving into it. So that's pretty sexy. I think that makes vampires attractive. Ah! I already knew that. And then he says, plus Robert Pattinson is just hot, right? Yeah. Not according to the president. You know what? Wait, no, reverse. president has a crush on Robert Pattinson. Oh. There's a thing. You can look into it. I'm Google sure. it on your own. I'm sure it's a thing. A thing. That's weird. I, it, Robert Pattinson is not his daughter, so I didn't think. <laughs> oh. All right. That said, we have hit all the high notes. We have talked about uh, inadvertent <laughs> vampire politics. I have not <laughs> like talked that. about Sonic the Hedgehog in the last two episodes. I bet he can be drawn like a vampire. I have no doubt that he. Well, technically, there is a. There's no, a werewolf. You know what? He's Sonic Unleashed, and he's, uh, he's, sorry, he's not a werewolf, he's a were-Sonic. I'm sure if he threw a hedgehog at somebody's neck hard enough, it would also Which look like they had been bitten by a hedgehog. doesn't make Thank any you. sense, because where is the man part of the werewolf? So he should be a man-hedgehog, not a Sonic that's a wolf. It makes no logical sense. We can discuss that in our werewolf episode. Are we doing one? No. Oh. Next Halloween. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I guess it, we didn't think about next Halloween because we're going to be oh adding all the sexy options. It's yeah. not true. We still got sharks. <laughs> Shark play. Sharks. The, 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 you the know most we've... famous spooky creature ever. You know, sharks. You know we've reached Bulls. the bottom of the barrel when a KinkCast episode is about sharks. Uh, no, we're doing uh, spectrophilia next week. Mm-hmm. Sex with ghosts. Yep. Neat. Well, as always, folks, uh, if you want to reach out. this wrong. Then we'll fucking do, do it. it. They like it because I have charisma and because they can tell I care about them. And sometimes you you read things like you're a bank teller who oh, hates I their job. Oh, I thought they liked it because you're always sighing like you're exasperated and want it to end. So guess what? For next week, <laughs> we should definitely... Next week, we're talking about spectrophilia, um, which should be really, really fun. And in the meantime, you should totally give us some feedback by reaching out to us online. Uh, you don't sound vampire enough for them to pick up on this. We also didn't do it FDI. Do it better. <laughs> what is your FDI Next on week. This? I mean, it's fantasy, so one, but blood play gets a four. Yeah, yep. blood play's gross. I think we all agree. I mean, hey. not gross. Don't kink shame. You got, We got one rule on this show. I mean, it's, it's possibly damaging. It's gross that some people would not take proper responsibilities, and gross things could happen if they did not take heed of warnings. There's also nothing wrong with having a personal aversion, such as I would, to seeing uh, lovemaking turn very, very bloody, because that would be um, not pleasurable to myself as an individual. I don't have a personal aversion. My brain just shuts down, and I do the cool party trick where I pass out when I see blood. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's I do cool find blood trick. exciting. I could have been an EMT, but not sexually exciting. Whoa, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> if it is your desire to be more terrified oh, by these were... three individuals, follow them on their social media accounts and see what terrors may unfold from such a foreboding, unsacrimonious choice. Please do. It was very expensive getting Vincent Price back from, from the, the dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Reach out to us on Twitter um, at, at Kingcast, Kingcast, Kingcast Podcast. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, you, you, no, no, you, no, you hang up first. And uh, no, uh, apparently on Facebook. No, you hang up first. If you're brave enough to follow us on Facebook, go ahead and give that as a thingy. Uh, and... For this week, tell us who you think the sexiest vampire is on our Twitter. Hashtag SpookinkCast. Keep, stop trying to make SpookinkCast happen. It's not going to work. It's going to happen. We're going to be trending. All right. So no one's going to spell it right because I spell it wrong. Play the sexy song that plays us out. And then I'll see you all next week. Roll through the ditch Jacking off is fun and cool. What the fuck? Do we want God dark. is fake? That got dark. Okay. Thanks for listening. Uh, that's, fucking, that's, that's a children's mascot, Tommy. <laughs>